Hi, my name is Anja Karwowska and I'm the host of this amazing podcast, Get Unstuck with Your English. If you are a neurodivergent person, struggling with learning the language, tend to procrastinate too much, or maybe you have so many goals you get lost right over bed, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you have come to the right place, my friend. I'll teach you how to apply cognitive science and evidence-based methods to your learning. I will walk you through the learning plateau. If you're scared to talk, the vocabulary evaporates your mind. You have been studying for ages, following shiny objects, binge-watching Netflix, hoping that the knowledge will cross your head first Moses. If so, I'm here to help you. I'll show you how to study and tackle the language, and most importantly, how to make it stick. I'm inviting you on the journey with me. Let's add a science sprinkle to your learning. Hello, my love in your divergent bunch. It's me, Anja Karbowska, broadcasting this message from Canadian-American border. Hold on to your braces because today's episode will be juice, juice, juice. We will be talking about tips for neurodivergent students. As we know, there's lots of fluff in ELT education system. My idea is to present methods that are evidence-based and that you can apply and boost your language learning. Let's start with the first one. The first one is retrieval. All of us, I'm sure I can bet on it, uh, at some point in our lives, we have tried studying like must practice. So for example, just cramming for exams. Some of you might have even been sleeping with a, with a book under your pillow. This is not effective as we, and we all know it. So what to do, we can use retrieval. Retrieval is essentially calling the information, so recalling words or information from your memory. So how can you do that? Very simple example of retrieval is the lightness system. So I'm sure many of you have studied with flashcards. However, what we can do, we can go around it and approach it differently instead of just mindlessly staring at the flashcard. What we can do is study with flashcards. How do we do that, right? Because it sounds very simple, but Lightness system in an essence is studying with flashcards so that you can record the information. It's a combination of retrieval and spaced repetition. Spaced repetition is the act of spacing out, however, to the point. The lightness system is a system of flashcards, as I have said. So what you can do when you are studying, for example, phrasal verbs or idioms or any other sort of vocabulary, it can even it can even apply to studying history, geography, or any other subjects, studying facts. What you do, you have flashcards. So instead of instantly checking the answer, you try to approach it three times in three minutes. And that means that you do not cram. So how do you go about the flashcards? So if you have a flashcard, and for example, you're studying vocabulary, phrases, verbs, idioms, or even facts, because it doesn't have to be English language, it can be history, geography, you name it. So what you can do is you try to retrieve the information without checking it right away. For example, you're practicing for a test and you have very simple words, even items in the house. Instead of checking the meaning of the word, I don't know, sink, right? You try to retrieve the information, you approach each flashcard three times, for example, in five minutes or three minutes intervals. And then after the first time, you cannot retrieve the information, only then you check it. But then you put a dot on it and you mark it somehow and you do not move forward. 
the idea of the lightness system is that you have to retrieve the information in a space practice three times for it to go to your long-term memory and for you to be able to retrieve it. So that's a combination of a retrieval and space practice. Very often I encourage my students and I have worked and I'm working with students in a different age range, let's say it. So very often I encourage them not to fall for the idea of the illusion of knowledge because when people study a lot, for example, when they cram for exam, they think they know everything. However, that's quite the opposite. So I encourage them to try to retrieve the information. So retrieving means recalling the information for mine. Thinking about association with words, you can think about synonyms, antonyms, right? Homophones, homonyms, you name it. Anything that works, that puts your mind to work, because in an essence, your brain is like a muscle. If you don't train it, it's not gonna work. So retrieval is the foundation of effective learning. I'm not talking only about language learning, I'm talking about learning in general. So that's the lightness system in retrieval. The second tip, spaced practice. Spaced practice is in contrast to cramped practice. Imagine, if you are studying for an exam, very often students try to procrastinate and ADG, neurodivergent people know the pain of procrastination. So you procrastinate, you, you put it off. And then two days, for example, before the exam, you start cramming. So you study, study and study and you see all the words all over the place, right? So then again, you fall for the illusion of knowledge because you think you know everything and it's quite the opposite. So space practice is actually the opposite, which means you, may, you take time in studying, you cut yourself some slack in between. For example, you're studying, I know you're practicing for your IELTS exam and you need to practice some idioms and phrasal verbs, right? What you do is you study on Monday, you cut yourself some slack on Tuesday, then you study on Wednesday, then again you take a break, then again you study on Friday, Saturday you take a break, Sunday you repeat everything. Why am I saying that? Space practice is a wonderful idea because, because you let your brain forget a little bit. And that forget a little bit, then when you study, you have to use retrieval so you boost your memory. It's so much more effective than cramming than literally wherever you're studying, maybe even studying something different. I know, try space retrieval. It will be a game changer when it comes to your learning. Next tip. Next tip will be interleaving. I don't know whether you recall, however, I am sure that in your process of language learning, when you are practicing, for example, grammar, your teacher might have contrasted, for example, two tenses when they were talking about the grammar. Imagine past simple and past continuous, past simple, present perfect, future simple, future continuous. You contrast two items. Why? When you contrast two items and you interleave them, so you, you study them interchangeably during the class, you see similarities and you see differences and it boosts your memory and it's so much more effective when you're studying. So I would highly recommend that. You can even do it with idioms. For example, one day you study in idioms with cars, the other day you study idioms with fruit and vegetables. Then you take a break because you use that space practice, right? And then you come back and then you again you interleave them. It's a part of a practice that contrasts two things and it's very, very effective. And I highly recommend it to anyone. Metacognition. If you studied structured word inquiry, and I'll be talking about that today, 
you will know that metacognition is thinking about thinking. Imagine that you're a doctor, you're a surgeon, and you had an operation that, that was challenging, right? So you, 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 let's say it's successful, you go home, and then you think about the problem. What did you do? Maybe next time you could improve this, or tackle the problem, or approach it from a different angle. That's metacognition. So thinking about your own learning, pondering what you know, what you don't know, that's metacognition, and that's a part of effective learning. For example, if you're studying, preparing, for example, for IELTS, but I have a student and uh, I'm preparing her for IELTS exam, so why am I talking about that? Imagine that that you're working on a reading part of the, of the exam and you're struggling with something, or you have to, the, are you working on the writing part and you're preparing an essay, or you're working on an essay. So you're struggling with some aspect, maybe you have, you're struggling with topic sentence, or maybe you're struggling with writing a cohesive paragraph. So when you are thinking about your struggles, for example, oh, I am good at this and that, however, I'm still struggling with, with something else. So this is metacognition. You're thinking about your own learning. So when you're thinking about your own learning, when you're trying to figure out what you know, what you don't know, what you still have to work on, that's the metacognition and that's one of the most effective learning processes that you can apply. And truth be told, homework doesn't work, really. I know some teachers will be very appalled, but metacognition is the foundation of the effective learning, especially with all the students, and I work only with adults, but I would say even a high school student, or like a grade seven, grade eight, you can start with metacognition, so pondering about your own learning. What's easy? What's difficult? Why? So that's another tip. Try metacognition. So there are also some very easy to implement tips that will boost your language learning. And I cannot state it enough. I cannot talk about it enough. Graphic organizers. I know that very often people think, oh, you just go to a store, you buy a beautiful calendar, and then it's like, you know, it's, it's everything. No, it's not. Graphic organizers help, keeps you in focus. Graphic organizers help you, as the word says, organize with your learning. For example, if you're studying for an exam, for a test, and you're practicing that retrieval, and you're practicing that spaced repetition, writing it down, writing down your plan, put it in a paper, is first step to the, your, let's say, successful passing of the exam or the mark that you're planning to get. Also, it's very effective, is when you write down, for example, your list or tasks that you have to accomplish when you take it, you get that endorphin boost. You have that instant gratification that ADG students need, let's be honest, we all need to be gratified. So graphic organizers, study planners, it's similar but different. So graphic organizer can be just a regular calendar when you write down all your thoughts and your study plan. Um, study planner is different. So study planner, for example, is a, is a planner that you have a, a week or a month mapped out. It's very useful, especially when you're using Lightness system. I do have one study planner in my freebie, so you can go to my link tree and download it. So a study planner plans out your month or your week and you just tick and you're and done. And it really doesn't take a lot of time. It's like five or 10 minutes a day. And it's like five, five, 10 minutes a day 
gives you 70 minutes a week and 280 minutes a month. So a tiny step will lead you to that very, very big thing. So that's another tip. Also, brain dump. I know that it might sound maybe different, but we all live in the era of information and we are bombarded with stuff. It's really hard to remember everything. So brain dumps is literally taking a piece of paper and writing down everything, just relieving that cognitive load from your brain. And very often when you brain dump, some very good ideas come to your mind. Trust me, I practice brain dumps regularly and it's very, very helpful. I have been talking about retrieval, metacognition, flashcards, space repetition and brain dumps. However, how many of you have heard about structured wet inquiry? Structured wet inquiry is a process of inquiry about a word. So we all know that English language is a complex language, right? We have the phonological layer, we have the morphological layer, we have the et etymology layer. So when you venture on an investigation and see the origin of words. So for example, if uh, all the students, or students preparing for exams, obviously we may forget about the phonological layer. However, if you're dyslexic, then we'll do that too. But the morphological layer, so approaching the word as a root, prefix and suffix, is very, very helpful, especially in IELTS academic. Trust me, because IELTS academic, Greek and Latin words, you'll find them everywhere. So in structured word inquiry, we examine the word. And because English is, is a morphophonemic language, and when you go into the essence of the word and see, for example, its etymology, where it came from, um, Germanic languages or French languages, or maybe from Latin, and then it came to French and then it came to English, and then you see the logic of the language, and then you boost your vocabulary, and then you can shine during your, for example, IELTS academic writing part. Or in reading, because in reading you also can find tons of tons and tons of words that either that either originated from Greek or originated from Latin. Another tip, and that tip is for both students and teachers, can-do statements. So I don't know how many of you use can-do statements. However, in common European framework of languages, we do use them constantly. Can-do statements are used in common European language framework and they are very, very useful. Why? Because it shows you where you are at and where you're going and especially if when you're stuck and at some around b1 and b2 lots of students experience that language plateau and they cannot get unstuck that's very very common so can do statements show students where they're going what skills do they have and what skills they need to attain or work on in order to move up so a kendo statement is something like, I would even ask if your teacher doesn't do kendo statements, I would ask you to ask your teacher to use them. Very, very useful. Um, I know that we talk a lot about learner autonomy and that's very important. However, kendo statements show the predictability and show the path that leads you to C1 or C2. So that's another tip. And also something that aligns with kendo statement is syllabus. So I know that lots of teachers use books and it's beautiful. However, I think that mapping out a syllabus for a student, a, a student can, and you as a student can map up a syllabus for yourself. So on your learning journey, think about what you want to learn, what's your, um, the end goal. Because I know that lots of students will say they need grammar, 
that. Let's be realistic. Lots of students know grammar. Passive knowledge has been accumulated over the years, but practical skills, so what we call productive skills, speaking and writing, is something that has to be worked on. So you as a student, for example, can, can write down, oh, I think I need to work on this, right? But the teacher can say, okay, you know what? But I also think, how about we work on that? And that's why syllabus comes in handy. And syllabus takes us to another thing that, that I have been talking a lot about, but I think it's very, very important. Goals. So we all set goals in our head. However, very often we do not write them down. So we have to think, of course, uh, as long-term goals and short-term goals. Short-term goals, for example, might be a week goal, a two-week goal, a month goal. What we would like to achieve in that time frame. A long-term goal might be three months from now. So why do we think about goals? Because they hold us accountable. Because we know that we have to do something and we know where we're going. But it's not only that we, oh, like I said, I want to be sitter in German uh, three months from now. Not likely. I think most likely I will need a little bit more time. However, however, what you have to do is to write them down because then if you write it down, you will be 44 times more effective in comparison to people who didn't do it. Yeah, there was a study and really, if you write a goal down, you're 44 times more effective. So do write them down. That's my tip. Write your goals, think about them and be realistic. Because very often students are not realistic. They do not look at themselves from the objective angle. They do not practice self-discernment. Instead of being um, a daydreamer, write down your goals and think about what you would like to achieve. Maybe there are some skills you would like to practice, or maybe you want to speak more, or you want to have more vocabulary. Then the goals will be your savior. Another tip, we've talked about goals and about metacognition, retrieval, space practice, um, structured work inquiry. So to finish it off, uh, we'll, uh, we'll finish off with the one, in my opinion, of the crucial components when it comes to successful language learning. And I know it's not a tip. It's not like a hack that I'm giving you. Just think about your mindset. And again, I know that I have been talking about it in each of my blog posts on LinkedIn or in, in that podcast. However, the mindset is the crucial component to your learning. If you do not change your mindset, chances are you will not be successful, really. So I would like you to I would like you to leave I would like to leave you with that thought. Think about your mindset. So if you are listening to this message, that means you have listened to my entire podcast and I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. So I wish you a very happy week, hoping that the science will perpetrate the learning and will will make it more effective and hope to talk to you next time. If you're hearing this message, that means that you have listened to the end of my podcast. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to find out more about me, you can follow me on Instagram. My IG handle is Polka Languages. I'm also on LinkedIn. The link is available in the bio description. So in the description of the first episode. If you want to learn more or if you're struggling, if you can't break through the plateau, 
if you are stuck at B2 level and you just can't go any further, then feel free and check my uh, ebook that I have created. It's called Get Unstuck with Your English, a guide for ADHD students. However, it is not only for ADHD students, it's for all students, neurodivergent specifically, but if, if you're not a neurodivergent person, feel free and get it. I have created it because these are the methods that I have tested on my students and I tested it on young people, I tested it on seniors, it really works. It's jam-packed with evidence-based methods. So the link is in the episode description. Hope you like it, let me know. I really appreciate your feedback. Have a lovely day and talk to you soon.